As I was crying, out of nowhere, I heard an audible voice. I heard the name Jesus. <laughs> and the only freedom that I found from that was only through Jesus Christ. Stop the cap. We challenge you if you want to do a debate, if you want to have a discourse, we're open. We're not shying away from any public discourse, but you won't. Instead, you make these stupid videos and ads and, and pin them into Muslim channels. You've been doing it to Ali Dawa, you've been doing it to Mohammed Ajab, because I've seen your ads everywhere. But enough is enough. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Reaction Channel in the dunya. Before we go into deconstructing this channel, I just want to give a quick reminder that tomorrow my vlog from Amra does air. And, you know, I started a new channel. There's going to be a lot of videos, even with Gabriel. I went to the desert in Dubai. So look forward to those Friday, tomorrow. You guys are going to get a little snippet on the main channel. And that's going to include a link to the new channel. But Rami, you did see the little snippet. What do you think about it so far? It is beautiful. Like, imagine Umrah being beautiful, as beautiful as it is, but to record it and to edit it in such a beautiful manner, it is like pristine, bro. I saw it and like, bro, my heart dropped. It was absolutely gorgeous, mashallah. And like, bro, if you guys want an Iman boost, if you guys want motivation to save up and go to Umrah, go to Hajj, watch that video when it drops. Alhamdulillah, bro. Jazakallah, I really do appreciate it. And oh, that's yeah. all I want to do with this new channel that I'm starting, bro. And especially with the vlog. If you guys want an Iman booster and you're thinking about Umrah, take this as your sign. Watch that video. Tomorrow's the day, inshallah. With that being said, let's go into the video. I grew up in a Muslim home. All I ever was taught growing up in Houston was the five pillars of faith of Islam, uh, that Jesus was just a prophet. And basically, if I did those five pillars of faith to the best of my ability, then maybe uh, I would get to heaven. My senior year in high school, I became a person of, of Jesus. I remember playing basketball and taking the Lord's name in vain. I just said Jesus, and a guy walks over to me, and he says, hey, that Jesus you just said, uh, he's my God. And I said, no, 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 he's not. He's not, he's not the Lord. He's, he's just a prophet. And he goes, no, 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 he's Lord. He is God in human form. And I thought the guy was nuts. And so um, I go home. I said, you know, I think I got a Bible somewhere. So I go upstairs to my room and look all over my room. And if you can believe this, after 10 years, I found it sitting at the bottom of my closet waiting for me all those years. And I read the whole book of Matthew in one sitting. I get to the book of Romans in the Bible and it changed my life. And I started to see uh, the truth of the gospel. It said that this righteousness comes to all who believe. And see, I thought I was born a Muslim. I was stamped a Muslim. I'd always be a Muslim. But that said for anyone, any race, any ethnicity, any nation. So a couple of weeks after that, I'm at a football practice and a guy invited me uh, to a Christian event uh, with a very funny name. It was called a crusade. And I looked at him and I go, you know, I'm a Muslim. You're inviting me to a thing called a crusade. And he goes, oh, no, no, it has nothing to do with that. Um, he said, it's, uh, there's free pizza there. And I go, oh, I, I like free pizza. So I went and I heard the gospel preached. God opened my heart to believe and I put my faith in Jesus Christ and everything changed for me. And I'm ashamed to say this, but for about a year and a half, I hid my faith from my father. I would sneak out to go to church. Uh, I'd hide my Bible. And finally, one day my dad found out and he said, son, what's going on? And I said, well, dad, I'm a Christian. Okay, okay. Before we find out what father has done, no pun intended. <laughs> am I the only one that's tripping on the fact that he called it Muslim? You're not the only Muslim. one. Muslim, Muslim, 
Bro, if you were a Muslim, you would not be, unless you're a revert, a fresh revert, you would not be saying Muslim. This guy, bro, he said five pillars of faith. There are six pillars of faith. There are There's five six pillars, pillars of faith. Islam. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. five, there are five pillars of Islam, six pillars of Iman. So he already messed that one up, uh, saying Muslim, Muslim. And then what Muslim, born and raised in a Muslim household, says Jesus in vain? Like, goes, who says that? Which Muslim? Which Muslim has a Bible at the bottom of their dresser <laughs> that they had no idea was there and then it went missing all this time. They finally found it under all their, their clothes and their socks and stuff. And then read, reads all of Matthew and then Revelations, just randomly, random order, Matthew, Revelations. And then, bro, this like just, it's never based on evidence. It's never based on, oh, it was proven to me. It logically sits well with me, better than Islam. It's always, I put my faith in, in my Lord. I put my faith into him. I, it was a beautiful story. He he killed himself basically for me, and now I believe. It's never based on logic. Okay, first thing, yeah, I agree, bro. Subhanallah. This seems like one of those idiots that, like, when you ask him how many rakat there are in wudu, he's gonna answer it, you know. But anyway, uh, this book, the Forty Laws of Power, there's one of the laws in the book called "Despise the Free Lunch," and I think this is very important to say because the free lunch is literally susceptible vulnerable people into luring whatever propaganda you want to propagate. And in the church figure, in the church culture, I see a lot of stuff like there's dancing, there's wine, there's lunch, there's food. And it's very appealing to people that just want a sense of community and belongingness. Yeah. That's one. And number two, Christianity to me rather seems like a religion of convenience rather than conviction. It's almost like you could believe that Jesus God is stuck for a lot. And then no matter what you do, you're absolved from that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, people like to argue that, no, you need to do good work and this and that, the other. Paul has specifically written uh, that you only need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You only need to put your faith in the sacrifices into Jesus, basically. And um, this is textbook, like textbook fake Muslim or fake ex-Muslim. Like there's nothing about it. Like I'm, I'm an honest person. If there's one thing about it that I thought was legit or real, I would have been honest. Everything he said up until this point, I'm like, bro, this guy read Islam Wiki or Wiki <laughs> Islam and then went ham on the script. Hondo. And he said, no, you're not, young man. You're a Muslim and you'll always be a Muslim. <laughs> and I said, Dad, the Bible says if I trust in Christ alone for my salvation, then I'm a Christian and I do. And my dad said, Afshin, if you're going to be a Christian, then you can no longer be my son. Now, here's a God I've known for a year and a half. Mashallah, that's what you call a man right there. Yeah. Here's my dad, my, my entire upbringing, my culture, my hero. And so everything in me wanted to say, forget it, I'll be a Muslim. Uh, I didn't want to lose my dad. Even I was surprised when I opened my mouth and these words came out instead. I said, Dad, if I have to choose between you and Jesus, then I choose Jesus. And so my father disowns me on the spot. And this is the definitive moment of my life. I fell on my knees and I said, God, how could you do this to me? I said, Jesus, if you're real, how could you take my dad away from me? And I turned in the Bible to Matthew uh, chapter 10. Do not suppose I've come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And then he says this, for I've come to turn a man against his father. And I'm reading this going, whoa, this just happened for me. And then Jesus says this, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay, Why is it? My wife okay. isn't the only person that's been telling me about this for months, that this channel has been putting their ads and their propaganda on our YouTube. 
Yes, yeah. our YouTube channel. Our YouTube is flooded with a lot of ads from this channel. Who's they have a deep agenda to take our viewers, to take Muslims, to take people that aren't too confined in or consolidated in their faith and kind of gear them towards this, this newer, more relaxed, more appealing religion of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you'll find a common theme with all of them. Because Muslims, even in the Quran, if they're true to heart Muslims, right? True to heart Muslims, they will know they have they will be raised on, you know, if you if you claim something, bring your proofs. Even Allah says, if you believe there are you know lords or gods other than Allah, bring your proof, bring your evidence. And Muslims are raised upon this, right? Muslims are are taught that we have this fitrah to believe in one God alone and, and everything in the Quran. So we know we're based off evidence. We're logical mm -hmm. people. Allah mentions our aql and those who reflect and ponder and use their intelligence. So a sound, normal Muslim is not going to eventually turn to someone that's like, the Bible says this, so it's true. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what he did. He's like, he, he, he justified his Christianity. He justified his Christianity to his father in this real story, the real um, backstory he has, saying, the Bible says it. Are you serious? That's your justification to your dad, bro. If this is a true story, that's why he disowned you, because you're illogical in your in your belief. Undo, bro. Do you do you have some type of brain cells re remaining for the second video? <sighs> Maybe half, half a brain cell. Let's let's make that zero now. <laughs> you know, when you're born into Islam, that's your identity. It's who Islam. you are. I was born and raised in Amman, Jordan for 14 years. I grew up in a pretty large conservative Muslim, very traditional family. I had a lot of questions in regards to Muhammad's life and just the validity of the Quran and salvation was a big one for me. I felt like I could never keep up or measure up to what was expected out of me and they weren't too keen on me asking those questions and you know they'd always say no one knows but Allah and that just didn't really sit well with me. My father was an alcoholic ever since I could remember, and my earliest memory of him was when I was five years old and him kicking me to the ground and spitting at me and calling me names that no father should ever call his five-year-old daughter. My home life continued to get worse in Jordan, and my mother, who's an American, was mortified. She was afraid for her life and our lives, and my mom encouraged my dad to bring us to America to better our English for you know jobs down the road or schooling, and he agreed to. So they moved us from Jordan to America in the year of 2000, and when my dad would come and visit, his alcoholism just got worse and worse. That's when I met a boy in high school, and we fell in love, and um, it felt good to be loved by someone, and um, one thing led to another, and I found myself on my parents' bathroom floor holding a positive pregnancy test at the age of 17. Had I gone to my dad, um, culturally, um, he would have murdered me, and I'm not just saying that figuratively, but that... I mean, she said it herself, culturally, but let's see what she has to say was my reality. He would have murdered me and had I gone to my mom, um, she would have told my dad and same thing would happen. So I didn't really have anybody to confide in and the only person that I confided in was the boyfriend that I was dating at that time and we felt like we didn't really have a whole lot of options and the only option like we felt we had was to go through with an abortion. That was very hard for me because I've always valued life. I would daydream about what it would be like to hold my baby one day and to have gone through that was very devastating for me and I struggled with shame, um, embarrassment and depression, anxiety and uh, self-worth. 
and I was trying to fill that pain and that void in my life with things of this world that just made that pain and that void in my life so much bigger and I was just going down a dangerous, dark and downward spiral in life. I knew that my sins were deemed unforgivable in Islam and I knew that I was so extremely hated by all. Rami, what? Rami, Rami, please, please enlighten us. She knew that her sins were deemed unforgivable in Islam, please. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, whoever uh, commits a sin or whoever is you know, committing a sin and then remembers Allah and then repents soon after, Allah will forgive them, basically. And the scholars, they say that um, basically, well, Allah mentions ignorance in this, right? And the scholars, they say that anyone who commits a sin commits it in a state of ignorance because had they not been ignorant, they wouldn't have done the sin because no one's sitting there sinning thinking, oh, Allah is watching me, I'm sinning, I'm, you know? So anyone who does any sin in a state of ignorance and then soon after repents and turns to Allah will, will be forgiven. The scholars interpret soon after to mean before their death. So no matter what you do, as long as you repent in this life, you will be forgiven for it. So there are so many problems with what she said all throughout her story. And like, I, honestly, I don't doubt that it's real. I don't doubt that it's a legit story, uh, especially because she, what she says had nothing to do with Islam. Alcoholism, Allah prohibits alcoholism. Beating, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits beating and specifically the Prophet commanded us to be good to our women not just our wives but our daughters and, and, and the women in our lives so alcoholism, beating um, what's it called um, what's the term completely haram in Islam this has literally no roots in Islam nothing she mentioned was Islamic the only thing that was close to it was where scholars saying no one knows but Allah which is, is not, that's not what the scholars say they give you an answer and then say but Allah knows best which is true which is even as a Christian, you would say God knows best. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't doubt that her story is real, but it has literally nothing to do with Islam. And you mentioned it, she, that she said culturally, which is true, culturally, that they have a culture mm -hmm. that's not Islamic. But how do you feel about this? I agree 100,000%, bro. And it's always a story about someone that was never put on deen properly, never had the right akhlaq in their family, those leading with righteous examples, and they fall emotionally victim out of Islam and towards something more accepting in a world with nafs in a world telling you body positivity and acceptance and this and alphabet people and just follow your nafs make them your god and i understand why this lady and people like her are leaving islam when they're not put on it properly when they yeah. misconstrue uh, a religion of truth with this controlling thing this controlling narrative that they're put on by their family yeah um, but if a world of of i guess false lies and just living in a fool's paradise appeals to you and that's the way you want to die then i can't stop you i mean yeah. i can't i can do my best but at the end of it it's all, it's all up to you yeah that's facts that's facts um, you know her her fa her family her community as you said bro they failed her if those mm -hmm. scholars truly did say something like that they failed her they failed as 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 leaders in that community and this is why we need good strong muslim leaders and teachers and scholars to actually teach and lead the community so they can grow up to be teachers and leaders. So things like this don't happen. And again, I'm going to say it for the third time, I honestly believe her story is true. But if she was a practicing Muslim, none of that would have happened. If her family were practicing, she wouldn't have been uh, abused. Her dad wouldn't have been alcoholic. She wouldn't have, inshallah, wouldn't have committed zina. She wouldn't have even thought mm -hmm. about going near a Christian guy for it to even, you know, for there to even be a chance of them uh, dating and committing zina in the end because Allah says don't go anywhere near zina don't go anywhere near it and the problem I said I would I would say the biggest downfall in her life in that story was when she decided to go away from Allah and commit zina hmm. 
that was when her life really started falling apart. Mm-hmm. And that's when she f- went further and further and further in the darkness and eventually went to paganism, essentially, worshipping a man. Astaghfirullah Allah. And at that time, I was trying to search for some form of forgiveness and hope. And that's when I went to the Quran. I actually opened the Quran and, and I stumbled upon Surah 4, 168 through 169. And it goes something like this. I'm kind of paraphrasing it. But Allah does not forgive those who reject the faith and do wrong and that he doesn't lead them to into a better path. And the only path that he leads them to is to hell. And I remember reading that and just feeling so much fear and hopelessness. I said, Allah, I don't know who you are. I don't even know if you exist. And telling him that I've been praying to you for 20 some years and I've never felt your presence and crying and just thinking of ways how I can end my life because if there's no form of forgiveness for me in Islam, then what's the point of me living? And as I was crying, out of nowhere, I heard an audible voice. I heard the name Jesus. So I you know, looked up to the heavens and I opened my hands and I had tears going down my face and I said, Jesus, I'm like, I don't know who you are, but if you are who you say you are, please reveal yourself to me because I can't go on living life like this anymore. And that was the first time ever from praying that I ever felt any form of peace. The boyfriend that I was dating, he and I broke up and I met a young man who was just so different from anyone that I'd ever met, very loving and it intrigued me and we started dating and um, I was in his house one day and found, I saw that he had a Bible, an open Bible on his desk. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm, like, I'm dating a Christian. And shortly thereafter, oh. I met his parents and <laughs> grandparents. And I just remember observing them and just thinking, you know, they, they have love, they have this joy, they have this peace and this freedom. And it's like, I want, I've always wanted what they had. And I remember thinking, they have Jesus in their lives. I approached him and I asked him if he would take me to church. Church was great, but I felt like I needed a little bit more. So I asked him if his grandparents would do Bible studies with me. I remember... Textbook clinical psychology symptoms of lying all over our body language, bro. I can, I can do a whole episode just deconstructing this, but why would I? Reading Romans 5, 8 for the first time, but God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us is not a response to our goodness, but in spite of our lack of goodness. And and at that moment, I realized how different it is being a Muslim from being a Christian. That's when I decided to be baptized and become a follower of Jesus. For years, I lived with a lot of anger towards my dad. Four years ago, he was binge drinking and was dying. And I prayed to the Lord that he would soften my heart towards my dad and I'd ask him if he can help me see him the way he sees him. And I was on the phone with my dad and I said, Baba, Jesus loves you. Uh, you could spend eternity with him and us one day. And he... <laughs> Bro, I'm trying. Yo, Baba, Isa al-Islam loves you. <laughs> the cross for you and your sins are, are forgiven if you give your life to him. I said, Baba, do you receive Christ into your life? I was expecting no. But he was an up with a big yes. He said, yes, I do. And I was so excited to hear that. And he said, I'm so excited you know, to see you guys one day. And I said, it's not going to feel like we're going to be apart for too long. If you're a Muslim, I would say there's a verse, John 10, 10, where God says, you know, I've come to give them life and to give them life in fullness, you know. The abundant love that he has for all of us is, there's nothing like it. And I know that he wants Muslims to experience that and more. 
You know, I lived with so much shame, with so much condemnation, with all these things that just weighed me down all these years. And the only freedom that I found from that was only through Jesus Christ. <laughs> bro, oh my God. Okay, bro. <laughs> you found the truth. Is that satirical? Because you found lies, but... Yes. Bismillah, take it in, bro. bro. <laughs> I take it back, bro. That was definitely a lie. The first part maybe is true. I don't know. I don't care. That last part is definitely a lie. Allah says in the Quran, Allah says in the Quran, tell my believing servants, tell my servants who have transgressed against themselves by sinning. Do not despair. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. And it is Him who is the most forgiving and the most merciful. If you had read the Quran, you would have found forgiveness and mercy all over it. If you would have read, literally, the what you read before you start actually reading the Quran, the Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the most gracious, the most merciful, you would have known Allah is merciful. If you would have read, the second verse in the first chapter, after Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, you would have read Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim again. Again. If you made it through the Quran, you would have found verse after verse after verse after verse of forgiveness. And what she did to herself at the end of her story was just condemn herself. Because even the verse she quoted said, those who disbelieve. If you believe, you'll be, that, that implies that if you believe and ask for forgiveness, you'll be forgiven. Because the difference is one believes and one doesn't. It's very clear cut, but that's bro. This is why I doubt these stories to be true heavily. One Islam, Muslim, this Muslim, <laughs> binge drinking, cultural oppression. This ain't Islam, bro. And if if you guys did for some reason find our, our video, I'm talking to the channel right now. Those of you that are spreading this propaganda, I found the truth or whatever you're called. We challenge you if you want to do a debate, if you want to have a discourse, we're open. We're not shying away from any public discourse, but you won't. Instead, you make these stupid videos and ads and, and pin them into Muslim channels. You've been doing it to Ali Dawah, you've been doing it to Mohammed Hijab, because I've seen your ads everywhere. But enough is enough. If you really want to take it to the next level, let's go. Yeah. We formally challenge you to a debate. Get over here. You're finished. Wallahi, you're finished. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but I feel like anything else I... to say, bro? Yeah, I feel like there is so much I was going to say about that story, but honestly, a lot of it slipped my mind. I don't think. But it's like it's not worth it at this point. You know what I mean? It's like it's like dissecting a fairy tale at this point. It's like, okay, mm. it's yeah. But, type. I mean, <laughs> not much else I can say, bro. At this point. Yes. All right. And we'll end it there. With that being said, if you guys made it this far, comment down below. Hashtag, you didn't find the truth, but if only they knew. And uh, until next time, look forward to the vlog once again tomorrow. Live stream tomorrow as well, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You already know what the deal is. And Rami, and the bro. Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kina adab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam. Also, guys, hashtag King Rami. MashaAllah, wonderful Quran recitation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the king. That's crazy because y'all know how like impactful it was. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. If you're watching this, it was so, it was such a strong dream.
that I woke up and then I was talking to my dad and I was crying because of how strong the dream was, how impactful the dream was. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up driving to uh, the mosque. It was like 540 something to do Fajr at the mosque. And I was crying the entire way to the mosque. And subhanAllah, I think it's crazy that 